0: So grateful, Lord, that we have this time to look at your word, to, to reflect on our call to community. We pray, Spirit of God, that you would move, that you would work, that you would speak. But right now, in this moment, many of us come um, a little distracted. Perhaps there's a spirit of chaos. But God, you are a God of order. And you have called us to singular mind. And we just pray right now by the power of the Spirit that you would unite us to the word you have for us. That we would say no to distraction. That we would say no to discouragement and division. And we would say yes to your word. So lead us, Spirit of God, illuminate the eyes of our hearts. Have your way. In your name we pray, amen. We are in the sixth marker of our Follow Jesus Together series. We've been looking at this call to follow Jesus and these, these different markers that, that, that you see in disciples of Jesus. Disciple is a word we use in church that, that describes someone who follows Jesus. And we've been talking about how this series, this call to follow Jesus together is an invitation to a journey of growing in Jesus and going with Jesus on his disciple-making mission. You've heard me say it, I think, every single week, that not only are we called to be a people who are growing in our faith, who are in the scriptures, who are, who are learning how to pray, who are, who are living in wholehearted worship, not just on Sunday mornings but throughout the week, but at the same time that we're growing in Christ, we believe that he calls us on mission to be going with him to be sharing his good news. And we've been asking ourselves and asking each other, how do we do this? And we've been looking at all the different markers. And, and, and really the theme, I, I believe, of following Jesus is this challenging text that keeps coming right in front of me. It's in Matthew 16:24 when Jesus tell his, tells his disciples, tells the people that follow him, he says this. He says, if anyone would come after me, anyone would follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I don't know about you, but when I read this, so much of me pauses and asks myself, are we really supposed to lose our life for the Lord? Like, like we say these things, these, these kind of cliche bumper sticker things, but, but have we really thought about this call to follow that we are really called literally to die for the Lord? This is the call of all who take the call to follow Jesus seriously, I've been thinking about that this week. Thinking about my life, thinking about my desires and my ambitions, or or, or honestly, just like my own desire to, to take care of myself a little bit sometimes. To focus on my own desires. And this verse just kinda hit me, reminded me of our call, and I think it speaks into this marker we're looking at today this marker of the church, and we're calling it consistent community. Consistent community. You see, this seems to be a call for followers of Jesus as we deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow. We're called to do this together in consistent community. And I wanted to look at Genesis chapter one because the Bible gives us a great lesson the great principles from creation that we learn that the scriptures tell us this is how you were created. They tell us in Genesis 1 how the Lord brought into existence all of life. And they also tell us a little bit about who you and I are, about our identity. And the first thing I think we see in this passage in Genesis chapter 1, and we didn't get to read the whole thing, but in essence, we're picking up on the sixth day. Of creation. The first five days, God's created everything else. Right in the beginning, it says that He He spoke into existence. He said, Let there be light, and there was light. And He spoke into existence all the different parts of the world, the, the universe, the sun, the moon, the stars, animals, and, and all, and there's this order to it, and there's this beautiful creation that is happening, and we get to day six. And he creates mankind. It seems to me the first thing we learn as we look at this account and we think about our call to consistent community and we ask, why is there this call? Why are we called to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Jesus in consistent community? And the first thing I would say is, because you were made from it and for it. You were made from it. And for it. You were made from consistent community and you were made for consistent community. Look at what it says here in verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1. It says, Then God said, Let us. And maybe you're saying, Logan, I I thought we believed in one God. What is happening here? Right away in Genesis 1, there seems to be this realization that God is one God, three persons. We call this the Trinity. And it seems to be that what we believe to be Moses, the author of Genesis, that he had some sort of understanding that God was living in consistent community. We know that the spirit of God is in Genesis chapter one. And there seems to be this call where where God says, Elohim says, let us, us, consistent community, make man in our image after our likeness. So God, the, the, the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit are saying, let us make mankind in our image. This word image is a word Salem. This idea of of a picture of of, of something that reflects an icon of God himself. The same word is used oftentimes when kings would go and they would conquer another country, conquer a place. They would erect a statue in their image for people to see the king that reigned. And God says, when he creates you, when he creates me, when he designs us for who we are, he says, I'm going to create humanity, man and woman, in my image. This makes sense as to why later on in the Ten Commandments, God says that we're not to have any graven images of him. Do you ever wonder why? Why are we not to have any idols of God? Because we are the images of God. Because we, humanity, is the best reflection of God himself, and not I, we. God created us from community. He existed eternally, Father, Son, and Spirit, perfectly in community. And so when God says, let us make man in our image, we recognize that we were created from this perfect community for perfect community. It goes on, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, verse 27, in the image of God, he created him male and female, man and woman. There's this beautiful piece of men and women reflecting the image of God. You were made for it, you were made from it. But not only this, you were also made to make it. You were made to make consistent community. You weren't made just to sit back and relax and and be in consistent community. No, you were made to pursue it there's this intentionality, this, this mission to the call of God's people to go and make community and make this community that God has called us into. Look at verse 28. We can see it here. It says this. It says, "God blessed them and God said to them to Adam and Eve, "Be fruitful and multiply. Go make community." and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. We're called to go and make community. struck me as I was thinking about just the call to follow Jesus, right? It's rooted in the great commission when Jesus says, therefore what? Go and make community. Disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. It seems to me that this Jesus is reiterating our original call. He is reiterating our design to go and make community. And as Christians, when he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given me, he's saying, I have created, I have made a way for faith community and you followers of Jesus are called to go and make it by his power. We are called to go and make community. We aren't just called, we aren't just made for it and from it, we're called to make it. This is a part of our mandate. It's a part of our design as human beings. But also hear this, you were made to enjoy it. Turn to the person next to you and say, this is fun. Okay, try again, that was pretty lame. Turn to the person next to you and say, this is fun. There there should be this enjoyment. There should be this this love and appreciation for consistent community, not for yourself, for the people around you. And, And not just for the people around you, for the God who is in our lives. And sometimes we read this creation account and we stop with our creation, and we miss the seventh day. Don't miss the seventh day. Don't miss the Sabbath. Look at what happens here. God creates man and woman in his image. He he creates us for consistent community. He creates us to make consistent community. And then also look at this, don't miss this design. In verse 29, it says this, it says, God said, behold, I have given Grace, look at he's giving. I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. Now it's very good. It was good in the first five days. Now it's very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. And then look at this. It says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and he rested This word for rested on the seventh day is this Shabbat. It's to cease from doing. He rested from all his work he had done, so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done. This this word for Sabbath, this word for rest is, is much more than like God took a nap. Why do you think God rested? Was it that he was tired? Does God get tired? No. He's all powerful. He doesn't get tired. Why did he rest? Scholars say that they believe this word rest is is related not just to, 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 to resting, but to enjoying. And not just enjoying himself, enjoying his creation. Enjoying humanity, enjoying the garden that he created, and the consistent community that he invites us into. And, 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 we, and don't miss this. God is creating humanity to be in consistent community with each other and with him, and it's meant to be something that we're called to enjoy. And in the scriptures, it's very intentional that we see it happening in this rhythm that on the seventh day, the people of God, you go and read the 10 commandments, you go and read the law, there's this constant theme that we're called into a rhythm of consistent community. You ever wonder why we go to church every week? You ever wonder why, why, why we don't take Sundays off? Because we believe that's part of our, of our call into consistent community, following the rhythms of scripture. And it's not meant to be something that is a a, a chore. It's not meant to be something that, that, that is a have to, it's meant to be something that we enjoy. Something that, that we share in. Not just with each other, this isn't just a, 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 a community where we like, like being around each other and there's a bunch of people. It's not like a boys and girls club or a community center, this is a church because we believe that God is here. And we believe that we are united in our desire to worship him. It's not about me, it's not about you, it's not even about us, it's about him. And this is the beauty of it. And this is the call, we, we call this the great commandment. It, it reminds us of the simple truths of what it means to follow the Lord. Jesus says this in Mark chapter 12, he says, one of the, one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing them with one another. Scribes are like the religious folks. They knew all the law. They had it memorized. They, they spent all their time writing it out and learning it. And, and seeing which he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? They're, they're looking at the, at, the, at the Torah. They're looking at all the laws, all the rules. And so he's kind of testing Jesus. And Jesus answered him, the most com- important commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you Shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Love God with all of you. Love God with all of you, not, not, not just parts of you. Love God with all of you. And also, the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It says there is no commandment greater than these. Or in Luke, he says, these sum up the law. And can't you see the taste of that in Genesis 1 when God creates Adam and Eve in consistent community to love each other, to go and multiply and to create consistent community in community with God who is Shabbat with them in Sabbath, enjoying this beautiful garden. This is is the groundwork for our call into consistent community. And so the question that, we're, that we gotta ask is, how can I find that? How will you find consistent community? This is mandated, called into your life. How are you going to find consistent community? If we believe that starting in Genesis and going all the way through, and by the way, Genesis starts in the garden and it finishes in the garden. And it's this constant, what we talked about a few weeks ago, this constant call into paradise together. And the question we are asking ourselves is, how can I find consistent community? I was thinking about this, I thought of really three words that I think we should really focus in on. First, determination. Determination. Listen, we live in a world that is all about the individual. That is all about, uh, and, and we have been drawn to isolation. Our entire world was told not to be around people for at least a whole year. And some of us have have become very comfortable with that. Some of us, are it's nice to to be able to, 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 to go to church, to be a part of community on a screen, online. But yet, There's this call for us to to have this determination about us. There's this call for for, for the people of God, for for, for people who maybe struggle with isolation or or loneliness. We've been told that it's at an all-time high, that that we need to be determined to to cast those things aside and and to come into consistent community, to have this determination about us. And perhaps that's not you, perhaps you're like me and Brianna and we coach, our kids play baseball. And we, ha- we, have, we have practice all the time and we have a community group and we're, we're having to figure out how are we going to be in consistent community and faith community where we are experiencing consistent community, but we're tired. And we need to be determined to say this is a value to us, it's actually more important than baseball. I know, it's weird hearing that from me. (laughs) And for some of us, we need to see that we, we are called to figure out what that means. And I don't have a formula or an equation for you, but I encourage you, I believe that we live in an age where you need to be determined to find consistent community. Not just a once a month, not just a seasonal, not just when I'm having a bad day or when I'm having a good day. We need to figure out what it looks like to to, to be in consistent community. You need this. You need people that know your name. You need people that know your story. You need people that are going to pray for you. You need to know people's names. You need to know their stories. You need to be coming alongside them, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and loving them as you love yourself. We gotta be determined. We are in an age where we are the most connected we've ever been and the most lonely we've ever been. There's a difference, hear this, we're gonna talk about this table in a little bit. There's a difference between communication and communion. I read this great book, I would encourage you if you like to read, there's this great book called Analog Church. And it's about the call, and to, any of you sound guys know that, that there's this old school way of doing sound called analog, Where you have the analog clock and the digital clock. An analog is all about like being in the room. J. Kim says this, he says, to communicate is primarily about the exchange of information. But to commune is primarily about the exchange of presence. In church, consistent community is about a people who are all about the exchanging of presence. I'll be honest, we can't compete with all the information out there. There's a whole bunch of preachers that I would recommend that are way better than I am at preaching. There's a whole bunch of of online communities where you can find people and and you can, but, but we're called to be exchanging presence. Be determined for that. But not just about trying to seek it out. Hear this, there's also a call to invitation. As we think about how how, how to, to find consistent community for some of us, we need to have this determination. For some of us, we need to have an attitude of invitation. Perhaps you've been like, I got that Logan. I've had that my entire life. I don't need any more consistent community. As a matter of fact, I'm tired of you inviting more people to my small group. I'm tired of you inviting more people to my church. I don't know those people. And it's getting really, really hard for me to have consistent community because, because I don't know as many people. And So we are called in the Great Commission to go and make disciples, to go and make consistent community. You see this? So we also can't deny the, the, the attitude and the culture of invitation. Brett McCracken, in his book, he wrote a book called The Wisdom Pyramid, another great book I'd recommend. He says this, in the age of nauseating narcissism, I like that, where everyone clamors for stardom and Instagram likes, the church humbles us and weakly reminds us, this is not about you, this is about God. And you are welcome here. You are wanted. Your presence in the body is important. Say that again. You are welcome here. You are wanted. Your presence in the body is important. You are part of the story. But God is the star. What a freeing and wonderful thing. This is the call into a consistent community. In the book Organic Disciples, Sherry Harney writes about this young man who visits the states from another culture. And in his culture, whenever you go and you're invited over to someone's house, you bring a gift. And so he brought two suitcases with him to the states. One suitcase was all his stuff, and the other suitcase was full of gifts from his culture gifts and every single gift would have a story and he anticipated, man, I can't wait to get there and I'm gonna show up to the States and people are gonna invite me over because that's what we do, where we're from. And when they come over, I'm gonna think, man, what gift can I give them from my culture that, 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 that I could share with them and that could bless them? And he was so excited to go and find consistent community, to find and share in, 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 the, in his story. Well, a few years go by, he becomes a little disenfranchised and it says that after a few years, he ends up going back on a plane, back to his home country, with a suitcase full of all the same gifts. Because no one ever invited him over. And I think for some of us in the church, this is really challenging. That we're called to have a determination to consist community, but we're also called to to have this attitude of invitation where anyone can get in on this and I want to welcome in new people into consistent community because Jesus changes everything. So I would encourage you as we think about this to have that determination, to have that invitation, but hear this, also enjoyment. Enjoyment. I just can't get away the fact that when God designed us, he designed us to be in a garden and to enjoy him forever. The Westminster Catechism says that what is the chief end of man? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. And we need to not miss the fact that this is called to be something that we enjoy. Brennan and I, we've been trying to have like this Sabbath practice where we, we have this extra attention on Sundays to try to really just enjoy each other, enjoy our family. And some of that means we had the best meal that day. Those $4 lobster tails last week, we got those. They were small, but they were delicious. It's interesting, our family had taken a little bit of a detour over the last few months because of this thing called the NFL. And we got away from consistently trying to have this rhythm in our lives of enjoying, saying no to, 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 to maybe some of the, the things that drain us and saying yes to the things that we enjoy together as a family and having to learn how to do that. We say this prayer, this is a Sabbath prayer. Part of it, I love it, it says this. It says, to our packed full planners we bid peace to our overcaffeinated consciences we say cease to our suffocating selves lord grant us release drowning in a sea of deadlines and death chimes we rest in you our lifeline do your ever restful grace allow us to enter your sabbath rest as your sabbath rest enters us for some of us maybe we have been so busy so distracted so Consumed With ourselves That we need to take some time To actually think about How can I enjoy consistent community And maybe that, that, that doesn't mean That you need to read your Bible more Maybe that means you need to hang out With other people more Now we still have a marker Of reading our Bible I'm not telling you not to read your Bible Okay don't say Pastor Logan said so I don't have to read my Bible But I am saying that for some of us We need to have this, this call into this but I wanna go back to where we started. Remember when Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him do what? Deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And for maybe, I don't know about you, but for me, as I think about these ideas, determination, invitation, enjoyment, uh, that, that, that could be a little overwhelming. And to ask myself, well, why? And here's why, gospel, here's why, that when God saw us, that we know in Genesis chapter one, our story doesn't end in Genesis chapter one. Our story doesn't end in Genesis chapter two in the garden. In Genesis chapter three, this thing called sin enters in and we screw it all up. We sin against God and ever since then, we had struggled with finding consistent community. We're hurt in the church, we're hurt by each other. We, we have this, these, these false understandings of who God is and God sees us and he, and he sees us in our misery and in our sin and what does he do? He's determined. And he who knew no sin became sin, he comes to us pursues us, lives a perfect life, dies on a cross, offers to exchange our sin for his righteousness and invites us back in to this. See, when Jesus said, those who follow me must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me, he says that as one who took up the cross. And I want you to hear this it seems to be in the kingdom of god that this enjoyment is related to dying is related to saying no to my own selfish desires and vain conceit but thinking about others and there seems to be something in the people of god that as we continue to embrace what christ has done for us that we Find enjoyment in the ways of sacrifice, in the ways of servitude. This is what the table of communion is all about. When we come together, our Lord Jesus, he gave us the bread and the cup. Do you know why we break the bread? Because Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. And when we break it and we eat it, we are meant to say, I am joining Christ in your brokenness. I'm accepting your brokenness, and I'm committing to live in this way in changing the world. We are in called into this. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote a book called The Cost of Discipleship. In these challenging words, he said, when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. And I believe that there's life in that. I believe that when Jesus said that, that wasn't just a cliche bumper sticker, that that's a reality for all who follow him, that we are called to actually enjoy loving others. And the way that we do this is we die. Determination, D. Invitation, I. Enjoyment, E. All with the theme of dying to ourselves, And living in Christ. And I just don't want you to miss. The beautiful invitation of that. And so in a few moments we're going to take communion. And communion is all about. The people of God being reoriented to the ways of Jesus. And all who come to communion. Communion. experience this communing, this embodied presence where we believe that we are partaking with Christ, we are remembering what he did, we are communing with him and we're hoping of the feast to come. And this is an invitation to all who believe. If you are a Christian, you have put your faith in Jesus, you are invited to this table. And when you taste that bread and when you drink that cup, you are invited to enjoy the fullness of the satisfaction of the grace of God and to continue to ask God to let that be what changes you. Let's pray. Father God, as we reflect on the call into consistent community, God, we we confess, we just confess, God, that it can be challenging to try to find that. And God, I I pray that as as we continue to consider this call, I pray, God, that above all that, that your work That your cross, that your broken body, that your righteous blood shed for us would be the fuel and the source that stirs in us the determination, the invitation, and the enjoyment. I pray, God, that as your people, your beloved, come together on this Lord's day, on this seventh day, that we would experience paradise on earth as it is in heaven. As we sing of your faithfulness, God, as we sing of your goodness, God, as we reflect on your kindness to us, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come into this space. We repent of our sin. We repent of Genesis 3. We repent of the ways that we are prone to wander, of the ways that we struggle with denying ourselves. We turn all of that over to you. And we commune with you. You are here in this space. Lead us. Help us to follow. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.